is Pentecost? Why do Christians believe Pentecost represents the birth of the church? What happened at Pentecost? What languages or tongues did the apostles and disciples speak in? And what did they say? Why is the Holy Spirit so important to us as Christians? Join us today as I interview Reverend Randy Asbury, pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri. We'll talk about Pentecost. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Reverend Asbury. Thanks for being my guest today on Family Shield. Oh, you're welcome, Kay. Good to be with you again. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Today we're going to discuss Acts 2, verses 1 to 40. Because we won't have time to read all these verses, I want to encourage our listeners to read them on their own, maybe before or after the program. Um, Reverend Asbury, why did Jesus ask his apostles to wait for the Holy Spirit? Well, it sounds like you're talking about Luke 24, and this is after Jesus rose from the dead. And before, he's, uh, before he ascended into heaven, he tells his apostles to wait in Jerusalem for the promise, which is the Holy Spirit, because it wasn't quite the end of the story. Let's put it that way. So just because Jesus is risen, he's going to ascend, but he wants to send the Holy Spirit so that the gospel, the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection can go out to the nations. And so that, that's why he wanted them to wait there because there's more to come. Okay, and maybe they didn't quite understand it at the time. True. I mean, a lot of things started coming clear after the resurrection. Jesus stayed with them for 40 days, teaching them. But it would be the Holy Spirit who would kind of finish that job, but also give them uh, the courage uh, to get out and proclaim that gospel. And that's what we see in Acts chapter 2 with Pentecost. Peter stands up and preaches a wonderful sermon, very famous now, his Pentecost sermon, all because the Holy Spirit had come and said, here, you go preach this message of Jesus Christ crucified and risen. Okay, good. Well, I want to just read a portion of Acts. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. For a minute, talk about the uh, violent wind or like a violent wind. What, what does that represent and why is that important? Well, well, this is what they hear, a sound like a violent or mighty wind. And I, I think the best thing to do is, is remember that God uh, works in, in all different ways through the Old Testament that include wind, right? You have the Holy Spirit hovering over creation. You have the wind that divides the Red Sea when the uh, Israelites uh, walk through it on dry ground. You have the, the spirit or wind that enlivens the dry bones in Ezekiel. I mean, all kinds of connections here with the wind. So uh, I, I think that that's uh, Luke's way of saying, okay, God's stepping in here. He's going to do something pretty amazing, get ready. And then I'd also go on and say the same thing with the, the tongues of fire. Right. There. Let's talk a little bit about the tongues of fire. Yes. And, and first of all, let me say tongues. Where, where do they belong? Where do they normally go? In, In your our mouth, mouth right? right? We'll come back to that. Of fire, again, there's, there's, uh, there's the theme of fire throughout the Old Testament. Um, you can think of uh, when the Israelites are leaving Egypt, 
they've been freed from their slavery and they're wandering through the wilderness. And how does God himself lead them? He appears as a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. Uh, you have something like the uh, uh, three men in the fiery furnace and Daniel, you know, his, his friends there, Daniel's friends. And, and so fires, you know, this theme throughout scripture here that, okay, God's stepping in here. Fire can also uh, re- refer to enlightening or purifying. So a lot of these themes, I think, coming together here as the Holy Spirit comes on the scene. Awesome, awesome. So you were going to talk a little bit more about the tongues of fire. Y- yes, if, if you look at artwork, you know, many pieces of art over the centuries, uh, artists depict these tongues of fire on top of the head, you know, like it's going to burn up the hair or something. Mm-hmm. But but my claim is, well, maybe we need an artist to do a, a rendition where the that little bit of fire shows up on the mouth because what we're going to see in the rest of the story coming out of the real miracle of Pentecost is not the wind, however violent or mighty it is. It's not these tongues dancing around wherever they are in the artwork. It's that the apostles can now speak the mighty works of God in these different languages. So people can start hearing the mighty works of God in their own languages. That's the real miracle. So the tongues are really about speaking the gospel. And that's the theme I wanted to bring out through our discussion here. Right, and that's the power of God for salvation. That's right. The gospel, That's yes. right. So when they heard this, just again taking a little bit from Acts 2, a crowd came together in bewilderness because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they said, aren't these men Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in his own native language. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So what type of languages did the apostles and the disciples speak in that day? That is the key question there, right? What kind of languages? Well, Luke goes on to talk about different nationalities, right? And if we keep reading on in, uh, in chapter two there, Uh, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, uh, parts belonging to Cyrene, uh, visitors from Rome. We're talking international languages here. Real languages. Real languages. Not made up. Yeah, not made up, not as some people say, supernatural. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's important when we talk about Pentecost. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, think there's this thing called speaking in tongues which is some kind of uh, supernatural language given only by the Holy Spirit. uh, And they want to speak in this as a revelation that God's with them or something like that. But the text here is talking about real languages, like we might say English or German Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. uh, Indian or or Russian or something like that, right? Right. And and so if you want to picture what's going on here, It's really at this point when the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles, they start speaking in different languages. It'd be like you all of a sudden speaking German and me all of a sudden speaking uh, Russian or something Mm -hmm. like that. And yet we can understand each other. Yeah. Things like that. So that's really what's going on in this Pentecost story. Awesome. Yes. That's really interesting, Reverend Asbury. I think... um, Maybe we want to share just a minute about what it might have sounded like. Petro akawambia, tubuni mkabatizwe kila mmoja 
kwa jina lake Yesu Kristo mpate undoleo la dhambi zake Peter Olarha Blaide Jawabier فقال لهم بطرس توبوا وليتعمد كل واحد منكم باسم يسوع المسيح فتغفر خطاياكم وينعم عليكم بالروح القدس لان الوعد لكم ولاولادكم 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 Pierre le chacun de vous se fasse baptiser au nom de Jésus-Christ pour que vos péchés vous soient pardonnés. Alors vous recevrez le sang du Saint-Esprit, car la promesse est pour vous, pour vos enfants et pour ceux qui vivent dans les pays lointains. Tout ce que le Seigneur, notre Dieu, fera venir à lui. So we listened to several people speaking in other languages just now, but I want to read Acts 2:38 to 39, which is what they were sharing. Peter replied, "Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off." For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So, um, Pastor Asbury, it's, it's interesting to me that so many people in our world today, in the, especially in the charismatic movement, think they're speaking in other languages, unknown languages, and yet Acts is so clear. They were hearing them in their own languages. So one of the things I often say to people, if, if God gives you a language to speak, you better go find out where it was, and then God probably wants you to be a missionary in Russia or in Germany. Um, just thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I think that's very important. That's a good insight because... Uh, a lot of people get sidetracked on that supernatural language sort of thing as some special revelation of the Holy Spirit. What Acts is talking about is natural native uh, tongues or languages, as, as we talked about before. Uh, you also have St. Paul elsewhere in the New Testament kind of downplaying this speaking in tongues. And he says, well, if, if a tongue's going to be spoken, then let there be an interpretation. Now, I think he's still talking about uh, national native tongues, you know, if, if you're going to speak German, then you better translate so that we who speak English can understand mm -hmm. that, that sort of thing. But, but so he downplays it because the, the main point is what they are speaking. And, and that comes out very clearly uh, in uh, chapter 2 of, of Acts here, verse uh, 11. You know, so here's this wonderful display of these languages. The apostles are speaking and other people can hear them and understand them from all over the, the different nations that are gathered in Jerusalem and people are saying, what does this mean? What's going on? And it clearly says that they were hearing the mighty works of God. Right? That's the key here. You want the mighty works of God to be proclaimed and understood 
in your different languages in this story. Good, good. I want to just make a few announcements. Today, Family Shield is giving away two booklets, The Bible, What, When, Why, and When in Doubt, Read the Book. To request these complimentary booklets, call the Family Shield Response Center at 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness to family at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us your complete name and address when you email us. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to their website, www.thrivent.com slash Choice, or call them 1-800-847-4836. Again, that number, 1-800-847-4836. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Why not also consider putting Family Shield into your will or estate? We can send complimentary brochures that explain numerous ways you can do this. Most people want to give the majority of their estate to their family, but many also put a favorite nonprofit ministry into their will or trust to receive, let's say, 10 or 15% of it. For more information, you can contact your lawyer or you can let us connect you to an LCMS Foundation counselor that specializes in estate planning. We also want to announce that Family Shield now has a podcast program available on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. You can download the programs uh, through the website and uh, we'll be sharing those as well on Facebook and Twitter and some of the other internet sites. Now I want to go back to my guest, Reverend Randy Asbury of Hope Lutheran Church. Our topic is Pentecost and the Church. Pastor Asbury, before we go back to our topic, just tell our listeners a little bit about your church and if they're in the St. Louis area, how they can join you. I, I serve at Hope Lutheran Church. We are in the St. Louis area, South City to be pre- precise. Uh, been there for just over 100 years. We celebrated our 100th anniversary a couple of years ago now. And uh, some exciting things happening there, some renovations and upgrades and all of that. And if you want to find out more about us or find out our schedule, come to worship with us on Sunday mornings, you can check out hopelutheranstl.org. That's hopelutheranstl, one word, dot org. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, We have visited your church, and it's a wonderful church, very friendly. uh, And uh, I think that was during your 100th anniversary that we, my husband and I visited. I think you're right. So we're going to talk more today about the Holy Spirit, because it is one of the areas of the body of Christ that there's a lot of differences in beliefs. Uh, The Holy Spirit wants us to uh, proclaim Jesus and the gospel message. But let's talk, let me just ask you, why is the Holy Spirit so important? And uh, why, why do we call him our counselor, our teacher, our comforter? Just a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. Great, yes. Uh, the Holy Spirit is important because first of all, he's God. <laughs> he, he is one of the persons of the Holy Trinity. There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they all work together for our blessing for our salvation, uh, making us God's children, God's people. And so Jesus comes to die on the cross and rise again on the third day. Well, that message has to get out somehow. Well, that's the Holy Spirit's job to get that message out. And as you said so well, his job is very 
single-minded, if you will. I like to use that, that language. Uh, Holy Spirit has one job, to point you to Jesus. Mm -hmm. In fact, when, when I teach this in, in catechism class, I have a diagram that has a dove on one panel for the Holy Spirit, and then a big arrow going across the, the middle panel, and on the, the, the third panel is, is a picture of Jesus. So the Spirit's job is to point you to Jesus. And I, I love uh, this, the title of a book I read uh, many years ago, uh, Holy Spirit, Shy Member of the Trinity. Ah, and just I like that. that title says it all, yeah. right? I mean, the book is great too, but the title says it all. The Holy Spirit does not want attention drawn to himself. Right. He says, no, no, you focus on him, mm -hmm. on, on Jesus there. And uh, other things we need to know about the Holy Spirit from Scripture, he is the giver of life. I mentioned before, he, he was hovering over the waters at creation. So he's right there creating the, the world, the universe, and us human beings giving life. Uh, he's uh, right there. Um, he, I mentioned the uh, dry bones from Ezekiel. He's there bringing those dead dry bones to life, right? You mentioned uh, language like counselor uh -huh. or teacher or things uh -huh. like that. Uh, Jesus uses the word counselor in the Gospel of John, uh, chapters 14, 15, and 16. It's throughout there. Uh, counselor. Uh, can mean, uh, literally the Greek word means somebody who comes alongside us. It's kind of like a defense counsel in a, in a uh -huh, courtroom. Uh -huh. Somebody who's there to defend us, to protect us, to strengthen us. Um, the Holy Spirit also gives us faith. Uh, Martin Luther said in his, uh, uh, large, in his small catechism, he talked about how I, can, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts and so on. Right? It's the Holy Spirit who makes us alive in faith, gives us that gift as well, mm -hmm. uh, and that by means of the Holy Gospel. So there, there's a lot that the Spirit does. Uh, we could also use the word comforter. Mm -hmm. uh, now, don't, don't think of the comforter like a blanket on your bed. Right. Think of a comforter as somebody who's there to console you, put their arm around you, to, to kind of lift you up. In fact, um, I like to draw on the Latin words of that word comfort. It means to strengthen you, ah, right? To strengthen good. you together with God himself. Mm -hmm. right. We often need strength in our daily lives. We right. go through right. challenges. Mm -hmm. He's also our teacher. And I think a lot of times people pick up the Bible and try to read it that maybe aren't Christians yet. And they're struggling to understand God's word. But the Holy Spirit is our teacher as well. Sometimes I hear people trying to study the Bible, trying to read the Bible. Maybe they're not Christians and they really struggle with understanding. But as they read the Holy Spirit helps them understand and works sometimes to bring them to faith through the Word of God. Yeah, that, that's the way he, that is the way he brings people right. to faith is through the Word of God. Right. When we hear it proclaimed, when we read it in our Bibles, when we hear it sung in, in good hymns, uh, the Holy Spirit is working to bring us to faith or to strengthen us in that faith, to mm -hmm. build us up in it. Um, you reminded me of, of John chapter 14 where Jesus says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Mm. Well, there, there he is pointing to Jesus again. again yeah. Hey, you, you listen to what Jesus says here. Right. You, you listen to what Jesus did for you here. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's bringing to your remembrance. And so that's how the Holy Spirit works, is through that Word of God as it's proclaimed, read, sung, meditated on, that's how he works. So I want to go back. We, you talked at the beginning about the Holy Spirit being God. We believe as Christians in a triune God, Father, Son, and yes. Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. One God, but three persons. Because I've had people say, you believe in three gods. No, we don't. We believe in one God, but they're in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can you just talk a little bit more about that and the importance yes. of understanding that Jesus is true God and true man? The Father, certainly, we know is God. Very few people have problems with the Father. God the Father. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit, uh, sometimes people don't believe in the triune God. Um, just share a little bit more about that. Yes. Uh, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, one God, three persons, we say in, in the Athanasian Creed. Uh, it's one God, and they're all God but they're not three gods. Right. Now your mind's going to explode, <laughs> right? Because we cannot wrap our minds around right. that. And I like to illustrate this by a little mathematical uh, diagram. Uh, we human beings like to think in terms of one plus one plus one equals three, three, right? But that's how our minds think. But God uses a totally different kind of math, if you will, a totally different formula uh, his math is something more like one times one times one equals one. one. It's a totally different thing in mathematics. And I say that to point out that God is three persons, one God. That's just totally different than we can wrap our puny little brains around, mm -hmm. right? So, but, but that's the way the Bible reveals right. God to us. Now, some people will come at us, uh, Christians, and say, but the Trinity is never mentioned in the Bible. And I say, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? The word Trinity, true, is never mentioned in the Bible. But concept. you get the, I, the teaching there, the concept of it, the, the fact of it, when you have passages like Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's one example, there are many others where you see the, the Holy Trinity there in the pages of Scripture. Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's, it's just a lot to talk about. Anything else related to the Holy Spirit that you wanted to share? Well, I, I think we need to keep in mind that the Holy Spirit uh, works through the Word of God, the message of mm -hmm. pointing us to Jesus. That's always key. We may not always, we may never feel anything or feel different, but if you're sitting at church on Sunday and you're hearing the good news of Jesus, what he did for you, how he came into this world, was born and lived a perfect life and walked in our shoes and um, went to the cross and then suffered and bled and died and rose again on the third day, all of that, if you're hearing that message and that's for you and your forgiveness and your life and your salvation, you can be sure the Holy Spirit is working. That's what comes out in Acts chapter 2 there. Absolutely. We didn't get to it earlier, but if you keep reading in that chapter, Peter stands up to proclaim that very message. And that's what leads up to those verses we read earlier and heard earlier mm -hmm. in the different languages. Uh, that now we hear the gospel, we can repent, be baptized, 
and believe in Jesus our Savior. And that verse also says the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off because God has come into this world uh, through his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is true God and true man. We talked about that before. Jesus is the one that came into our sin-torn world, suffered and died for your sins and my sins. He was resurrected and he now is in glory with the Lord. So the Holy Spirit, as you've said several times, points us to Jesus, Jesus, our Savior, who suffered and died for us. Talk a little bit more. You did touch on the gospel, the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ as we conclude the program. Yes, the, the saving message of Jesus is the gospel. We could even say it, it is the promise, right? You have a promise that God forgives you all your sins, that he gives you healing in both body and soul, uh, that he wants to take you to eternal life with him. That's the promise, right? All because of the work of Jesus. That's the gospel as well. So the promise is for you and your children. This is for everybody, every nationality, uh, men, women, boys, girls, uh, parents, children, you name it. It's for everybody, for you and your children that Christ died for you and rose again for you to forgive your sins and bring you back to life with God. That's the gospel. That's the promise. And when you hear that message, that's the Holy Spirit working to create faith in you, yeah. to sustain and strengthen that faith in you. Right. So, uh, Pastor Asbury, uh, as we conclude the program, just summarize again a little bit more about uh, Pentecost. Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, is still really all about Jesus. The Spirit comes to enable the apostles and later his church and the rest of us, all of God's people, to proclaim the wonderful works of God, the mighty works of God in saving us from sin and death. And how does he do that? He does it through the preaching like we see in, in Peter's sermon. Because when you read that whole story, Peter preaches for a while, then people say, oh no, what do we do? We put Jesus on the cross. Is there any hope and help for us? And he says, yes, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is our constant companion along the way. He's always strengthening us in faith and giving us that uh, push to f focus on, to look to Jesus. Uh, so that, that's really what comes out of, of the story of Pentecost, despite the other miraculous things happening. But they're always pointing us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. We need to keep that in mind. Pointing us to Jesus. That's a good way to conclude the program. Again, my guest have been, has been Reverend Randy Asbury of Hope Lutheran Church in St. Louis. I'm Kay Meyer with Family Shield Ministries. And uh, let me just mention again, you can uh, call or email us to receive the two booklets, the Bible, What, When, Why, or another booklet, When in Doubt, Read the Book. Both of them great because we're encouraging you to learn more about God's Word. And uh, you can call us at 1-877-250-8416 or you can email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com 
or Wright Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.